any sinner is capable of being a great saint. And any saint is also capable of being a great sinner. Welcome back to another episode of Locust and Honey. I'm your host, Christopher Quinn, and today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm here with a really good friend of mine, Mark Hale. Hello. <laughs> uh, me and Mark served as missionaries at Damascus Catholic Mission Campus here in Ohio for a number of years, and I couldn't think of someone else that I would so quickly invite to speak about the Holy Spirit besides Mark, um, and so I'm really, really excited yeah, I'm really honored to be here. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, whenever I start talking about the Holy Spirit, I actually love to go to one place first. And the first place is the very first verse in the Bible. Um, and it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. I love this verse um, because it just really recenters uh, me and my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, being someone that's grown up in lots of different environments in Catholicism, um, uh, and then specifically in the last 10 years um, in the charismatic, um, I love this because it's just so pure. Like, it's just very clearly the first revelation that we have, right, of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, the Father, the mm -hmm. Son, and the Holy Spirit existed before time and existence, and right. there's history that we don't know, right? <laughs> um, but this was uh, the first thing pertaining to us, right? Creation. And I just love it so much, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I would love to, from you, Mark, just hear about a little bit of your journey um, before even relationship with the Holy Spirit, just kind of a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Mark. I'm originally from Louisiana. Come on. Um, I grew up there, born and raised. I eventually went to Franciscan University of Steubenville for go my Barons. degree in, go Barons, fire me up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went there for my degree in theology and a degree in catechetics, uh, where I specialize in youth ministry. Um, I was very passionate about doing youth ministry because children need us, the young people need to be raised well. Um, but I found an organization called Damascus Catholic Mission Campus down in Columbus, and I just knew that I had to go there. Um, yeah, so. And you served uh, for two years as a missionary. Served two years for a missionary there in the yep. full-time program with you. Yep, with me, with me, yeah. <laughs> so you came, Mark came um, and served, his first year started when I was in my second year mm -hmm. and we lived in a house called the outpost. It was quite literally the loft of a barn. Um, <laughs> we were roommates. <laughs> yes. And with we, five other, we know with four other dudes. There's there. It was a good day if Chris didn't wake up grumpy from my snoring. So, oh man, <laughs> I didn't know you're going to throw yourself under the boat like that. But now that we're here, no, I'll say, it, I'll say it. I'll do um, it. yeah. Mark has a mighty snore. It's a so, mighty, I'm a bear. Look at me. I'm a, <laughs> A mighty roar of a of a snore. Anyways, um, yeah, and so now you actually serve at St. Matthew's Parish on the east side of Columbus, right? Yep. It's the east side, right? It's in Gehenna. Yeah. It's Columbus. Yeah, yeah. That's mm -hmm. so cool. Um, yeah, Mark's heart for the Holy Spirit is really pure. His, his heart also for just parish life um, is so, so beautiful and so pure. He loves the parish that he serves at and just parish life in general. And um, 
is really dedicated to serving the church. So it's great to have him. Um, now, regarding the Holy Spirit. Um, so as we continue, um, something that we'll say is baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what that means is not a second baptism, right? Because we believe in one baptism. Uh, we say that in the creed. When we, when we speak of that, when ecclesial documents speak of that, when church leaders speak of that and use that language, baptism of the Holy Spirit, what we're saying is a moment in time, a moment in your walk with Christ, a moment in your discipleship where you yourself um, get more empowered by the Holy Spirit and he increases his gifts in you, right? And it's altogether separate than confirmation. It's different. Um, and when we see that happen in people's lives, whether it's um, in their rooms or at a conference or a prayer meeting or whenever it is, um, where you receive that, that new life in the Holy Spirit that um, Jesus talks about in John 3, right? Um, to be born again in a, in a way. Um, there's so many beautiful, I call them symptoms. <laughs> um, one of them being <laughs> a hunger, <laughs> a hunger and thirst for the word of God. You'll see when people are uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, they'll walk away from that um, really loving the scriptures and the scriptures coming alive to them in a new way. It, 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 it is almost as if the Bible goes from a textbook to like a very real living and effective thing. Um, that's one symptom. Uh, the second one would be a very powerful and deep radical love for the Lord Jesus. Um, if there's one person, right, because he's a person, that can make you fall in love with Jesus more. Um, it's the Holy Spirit. And in similar with the scriptures, it goes from almost like a historical figure or someone that you obviously know and love as an important person, but it's just altogether different. I would say that people burn for love of Jesus after they experience baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, some other symptoms would be some people, um, after they have that encounter with the Holy Spirit, um, it's as if like a life of sin kind of like falls off of them. Um, it's easier to walk in purity and holiness and devotion yeah. and virtue, um, along with another laundry list of, of, of symptoms. But it's a really beautiful experience that um, a lot of people have had. And so I just wanted to clear that up as we move forward. But yeah, I would love to hear what your experience was like that f uh, for you yeah. and what your life was like after. Yeah. So uh, when I was in college, I remember going through now. I remember, OK, I'm like I'm 20 years old. I'm a young Mark. Um, I'm 26 right now. But I had a girlfriend and we broke up and you call that the, the dark night of the romance. <laughs> the dark night of the romance come on dark night of the romance i love that but uh i just there was a that that breakup led into a really dark period like a, a whole semester of just everything i looked at was just darkened everything i looked like every time i looked at the world every time i looked at people it was just i was bitter i was angry all the time yeah um and I got invited to go on this uh, retreat called Born of the Spirit Retreat at Franciscan. Yeah. And the Born of the Spirit Retreat is, it's a retreat that introduces you to the Father on the first day, to the Son on the second day, and to the Holy Spirit on the third day, um, leading you up to a moment where you pray for that baptism of the Spirit. Uh, when I got to the moment where we prayed for the baptism of the Spirit, I we all lined up and we 
I lined up for this for this priest that I went up to. Yeah. And it was a very simple prayer. It was a very simple. He laid a hand on my shoulder and he just blessed me and he said, "Lord, fill Mark with your spirit. Come alive to him in the scriptures, come alive to him in the liturgy, come alive to him in the sacramental life and just make his life all about you." Nothing crazy happened. It was totally chill. And I walked back to the to the back of the church where the rest of my friends were and I was just standing with them and there was a worship song on. Um, up until this moment, I had not had any experience with the charismatic church at mm -hmm. all. This is my junior year in college. Um, this was an adoration. This was no, not even adoration. Wow, it was it in was, the was in the main chapel. It was in the Franciscan chapel. Yeah, Come on, that's awesome. Um, but I, yeah, like I said, I had no experience whatsoever before this moment with yeah. the charismatic renewal of the church. Um, and as we're back there in the back of the church, there's a there's a worship song on. It was. Um, I'm forgetting it. It was by Elevation Worship. Yeah. Um, but I'm in the back and I'm. We're singing the songs. I'm just singing the songs. Like I said, nothing was nothing crazy was happening. Suddenly, I start seeing a priest walking up to my my right side, and he is leading a girl. I'm standing right next to the confessional. He's leading a girl into the confessional, and and I'm, I'm looking, and my my mind is just analyzing. My neurons are firing, um, and I'm just like, this girl is about to go in and win the battle. Whoa! Like she's about to go in and win against sin. Whoa. against the devil he's he's going down there's no he doesn't stand a chance like i was just suddenly like this knowledge was coming to me that was more than just textbook it was it was alive um and, and i was like no wow she's not just going in to win the battle the battle's already won yeah she's going in to seal the battle oh and come on dude. now now <laughs> it took me like what 45 seconds to explain all that to you my mind that happened in five seconds and the lyric that was on the screen on the projector that we were all singing was the lyric, your name, your name is victory. So while that is happening with that girl walking with the confessional, I'm singing this, the, the words, your name, your name is victory. Um, and all of it clicked. All of it just came together. And I knew exactly who our Lord was for the first time ever. Wow. I, had, I had gone to Franciscan for a theology degree. It wasn't and until you were born my, and raised Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic. It wasn't until my junior year at the, the end of my fall semester that I understood and my heart understood that the Lord is the one who raised from the dead and the spirit raised him from the dead. And that same spirit lives inside of me. And when I was realizing that that girl was going in to seal the battle that had already been won 2000 years ago on that cross, <laughs> the Lord became real. And for the first time ever, as I'm singing your name, your name is victory. I'm leaping up in the air. I am shouting. I am hollering the name of Jesus. Like, like a victory, like holler, like, woohoo. Um, and I, I was clapping. I just, I had never been in any kind of experience like that. And it wasn't wow. emotions. It wasn't emotions. It was pure. It was the right response to it what was, was going on. Exactly. There you go. That's, that's perfect. Like that when the Lord presents his love, his love demands a response. And that was the first time ever, I think I had ever responded properly wow. <laughs> to the spirit and, and his, in his, the truth is, is he's active in our lives. Wow. And we need to respond that way. Wow. Um, and it's not a forced thing. Yeah. It's purely just, I see what's happening and I'm saying yes. Yeah. And he does the rest. And then, so moving forward from that, like your life, like, so that was yeah. your junior year of college. That was my junior year of college. From there, I, I just knew, I don't, you know, it's just, sometimes you just know things. I just knew that this born of the spirit retreat, I need to be a part of in a deeper way. So immediately after I joined the core team, I was on there for the next semester. 
I was reading Mary Healy. I was reading Mary Clark. I was reading so good books on the gifts of the spirit just to like form my mind and, and like what is true and how to operate in the gifts of the spirit. Um, what the Holy Spirit does to us. How do we, how do we say yes to him in our daily lives? Um, so my, my core team training all semester long for the spring retreat that was going to come mm-hmm. was centered around just learning, uh, learning how to pray for people for yeah. the baptism of the spirit. Uh, learning like what that truly does to you and honestly you said it perfectly like like it doesn't stop it just words on a book anymore they like they come alive we mm-hmm. always like we're taught to pray at franciscans for their model was lord come alive to him in the scripture come mm-hmm. alive to him in the liturgy um and so so that that next semester i was just learning um how to actually step into this in an introductory way um and then the next year i kept going with that um continuing to worship the Lord, uh, continuing to pray every day. It deepened my prayer life mm-hmm. like I had never had before. I had a spiritual director that went hand in hand with it. So every, like the Lord just timed all of it really perfectly Wow. Um, as far as like cultivating that relationship with him. Um, and then at the end of my senior year, I was leading that retreat. Wow. Um, and that led me to um, Damascus. Uh, this guy shows up and, and he, so I have a uh, I'll save it. Um, he shows up and he was like, I want to, I want to, I want to meet you. It's Brad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, I'm walking to class. He goes, I'm going to walk with you. And I was like, okay. So it's, it's me and him, Bro. a couple of our other buddies. And, <laughs> and he just interrupts me mid conversation. And, uh, and he goes, uh, Mark, I, I just see an image and I'm wearing a shirt just like this, like long sleeve button up. I just see an image in my mind of a crucifix. And there's a Holy Spirit dove perched on the top of the crucifix. It's like clawed on there. And, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? And he was like, well, I believe that the Lord is speaking, that the crucifix indicates that you have a heart for people that are hurting. And the Holy Spirit indicates that he is going to use you in the life of the spirit to heal their hearts. Hmm. Um, and I looked at Brad and I said, Brad, I have a tattoo on my arm of a Holy Spirit dove perched on top of a crucifix. Um, and he was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you just did, dude. but you did it. And I want to learn what you did. <laughs> what? Um, and we call that prophecy that like the right. Lord just revealed something to him that he would not have known otherwise. Right. Supernatural revelation that wow. does not come to the natural mind. Um, he had never met me. That was the first day I met him. And I just knew That's that like, crazy. I just knew that like what, wherever he's been, I gotta figure it out. Yeah. I want to go. So I turns uh, out it was seven five five zero Ramey Road, Centerburg, Ohio, <laughs> the auditorium, <laughs> um, and the outpost. All right at Damascus. So, dude, that's crazy. I love that. That's so beautiful. I remember um, you were in your junior year of college um, when that baptism of the Holy Spirit happened for you at the BOS, the mm-hmm. Born of the Spirit retreat. I was in my my junior year of high school it's a very different experience when you're in high school but for sure um <laughs> it's so crazy um so when i was in high school um i remember uh being on this retreat um that i actually really fought to not go on because um, i was convinced that was a really really good catholic you know what i mean just as any catholic high schooler in a private school sometimes we're convinced we're like i'm so good um but you need you need more um and so i i found myself on this retreat just because I'm sharing, because there's similarities mm-hmm. um, between like the things, our stories, um, and 
I remember it all kind of like climaxed to this one night where I found myself in this chapel um, in the middle of the retreat, um, the weekend. And um, I just felt like the heaviness of me trying to be in control of my life. Yeah. I felt the heaviness of like trying to be in control of my relationships, my studies, um, my future, my plans, um, being in control of anything that made me slightly uncomfortable, right? Um, and I didn't realize that I was doing that for the majority of my life until that point, but I had so tried to become my own Lord. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um I would never say that. No one would ever say that, right? But as far as it goes, as far as, right, as far as trying to be in control so that you don't feel discomfort, um, when you're trying to control, you're trying to be your own Lord. Um, And something just um, started to click in my heart and in my mind with that revelation of like, okay, Chris, you've spent a decent amount of your life post-confirmation trying to be your own lord it was very clear that at that moment the lord was inviting me to surrender and so i just did but this is like the funny the funny thing i remember being like yeah lord i surrender to you and again just kind of a clear invitation from the lord saying then open your hands yeah and i was like I was like, but Lord, I'm Catholic. <laughs> I was like, but Lord, um, it was that. It was Lord, um, I'm Catholic, and um, there's other people in the chapel right now, so um, I can't no, do I that. I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> and, you know, then this dialogue between me and the Lord unfolds, and um, at, at one point, though, it was just clear that that was what, he wanted as a symbol of me actually you know and it's good because he pressed in because it was clear that another kind of little l lord in my life was fear of what people think about me right and so he kind of pressed in and chris finneman translation um if you mean it then open your hands and so i was like all right so i it took me about between 35 and 40 minutes to get from my hands down by my waist to like my hands up in the air and it's not performing right it's not like do you mean it do you mean that you surrender to to me like do this for me it's not that it was god invited me into that moment because it was pretty obvious that i would not do something for him if other people were looking and so he really overcame that in that moment but this is like from the moment my hands got up like that in that time of prayer and adoration. It was like this thing hit me. And then going back to the word, right? Symptom, the symptoms, the effects, the fruit of baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's like it hit me like an 18 wheeler. Mm-hmm. I remember um, like my imagination being like, yep. impo- like, do you know what I'm talking it about? Because Thomas Aquinas talks about that, that a lot of times we don't take the imagination seriously, but the Lord can actually use the imagination as, as a way to communicate with us. And so immediately it was like this flood of images and pictures um, just started to, yeah, enter into my mind and my imagination. And um, 
I immediately from that time went into the moment of intercession. I started praying for the conversion of my family and for my mom um, and just this whole flood of things. But what I remember being kind of like the capstone to that time was the Lord inviting me to submit myself to exactly that, his lordship. And I remember him asking for my future and for my desires and my dreams for my life. And I was terrified. But the moment that my hands were in the air and I gave him what he was asking for, I felt free and I felt like I could breathe and I felt peace and I felt joy, right? The fruits of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. peace, patience, kindness, joy, self-control, gentleness. Yeah. All, it just flooded in. And I think it's so telling. I always return to that um, in prayer. And I always return to that moment when I'm talking with people about the Holy Spirit. Because I think it, it's so telling as to what the Holy Spirit is for and what he wants. Um, the Holy Spirit's highest priority is the Lordship of Jesus. Yep. The Holy Spirit's highest priority is repentance and the submission of our lives to the Lordship of Christ. And the other things are just like gifts along the way, right? That help us get to that point. Um, and I love that. And it's just really carried me through all of my experiences with the charismatic, all of my experiences with different movements and ministries, um, because that's so important, right? Because we can sometimes be like, well, yeah, like the Holy Spirit um, is for this or for that or for whatever, but the Holy Spirit's highest priority is the Lordship of Jesus and repentance. And that's why, right? Um, the moment after Pentecost, Peter got out onto the balcony or whatever was there. And the first words that came out of his mouth was repent and be baptized. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's so telling. I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, I, I just think when, when it comes to the baptism of the Spirit, really, like when I say that, what the Holy Spirit does is, I mean, I'm not speaking this as doctrine, just from experience, uh, I can summarize it in three things. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he makes Christ available to you. Yeah. Um, and it, that's under the word lordship that you're talking about, yeah. which I do want to, I want to hit more on because it's so, it's so important. So he makes Christ available to you. He gives you power and he yeah. gives you freedom. And it's like freedom for what? Power for what? Well, power to proclaim the gospel, but, yeah. but freedom to live in a manner that is worthy of proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. Um, like, like w I was talking about like looking at the world through like a darkened lens. I was bitter. I was angry. When he came over me, when he like, he actually like, overshadowed me, he came into my heart and I was singing those words. His name, his name is Victory. I watched those. I felt like I had like a garage door over both of my eyes. That was just like a tinted window. Wow. And I just, I watched them raise. Like a garage would rise up. You know, like it just goes up and then it goes that way. Um, wow. But I was, I was watching this darkened, tinted window just rise from my eyes. Mm -hmm. And I was filled with light. Like I was, I was set free from my anger. I was set free from my bitterness. It was nothing that I could have deserved. It was nothing I could have earned. It was nothing I could have worked for. It was a gift. Right. And I was set free to 
to enter into a life of joy, to enter into the life of the fruits that you were talking about, right. to enter into peace, to enter mm. into self-control. Like, like they all flood away, but it's because there's a gift of God coming over you. And really the gift of God is, is just his presence. Right. Like it's all the matters. person of the Holy it's Spirit. The and, and he comes and he, he gives you freedom. He gives you power for what? To have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Like I, I majored in catechetics and the, and the biggest thing I took away from that from that degree is that a catechist is someone who makes God available to the people mm. where a priest makes him available through the sacraments. A catechist is someone who makes Jesus available um, in the sense that you are, you are making a doctrine digestible. Yeah. And, available and through truth and through the deposit through of faith. And it's, and, and it's the Holy spirit. What he does is, he reveals the son to you yeah and it, it makes you able to say yes right it he yeah yeah <laughs> he, stick he, with that person because he's, he's a person <laughs> right right um he's so, the best teacher he's the best he's the lord and honestly if you were to ask me and like going back to your genesis scripture the the lord hovered over the earth um mm. the word lord implies ownership oh yeah the word lord implies like master mm -hmm. to servant um, and it's not servant in the sense that I'm, I'm a, I'm a abused slave. Like our Lord doesn't take advantage of us. Right. But he gives us meaning to our lives. Yeah. He gives us meaning to our lives. I, I just know that like based off my family history, based off the diseases that are in my bloodline that I know that have, have killed my relatives before me, based on the, the addictions that I've seen in my family, I just know that the Lord came and he gave me meaning. He gave me purpose. And every time that I try to take Lordship from him and be the Lord of my own life, I mess it up. Mm -hmm. I, I fall to those addictions that my family had. Mm -hmm. um, I just know that like if, if I had never been encountered by the Lord, if he had never come to me, mm -hmm. I'd be an alcoholic in the bar. I, I would be, my life would be lost. And I think that's amazing. Like when he comes to, this is just coming to mind when, when Jesus came to Zacchaeus, yeah. He said, I have come to seek and save the lost. This was a tax collector, a chief tax collector at that. The Jews hated him mm -hmm. and they saw him call him down from the tree and say, I need to stay at your house. I'm just imagining every Jew being like him. Mm -hmm. I've got to be better than him. And it's like, I didn't come for this. I didn't come yeah. for those who are righteous. I came for the lost. I yeah. came for those who are sick. Um, and I think the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the one who's coming for you. Yeah. And, and it's like, once he reveals him to you, you're, you're more empowered to say, God, take my life. Yeah. Take it. I don't, I don't, I mess it up. I need mm -hmm. you to do it. And he, he brings order and he brings life. Wait, no, that's really good. That's exactly the same, the same thing from the first, the first scripture, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Um, you said that he brings order and that may, immediately made me think about, um, Sometimes I feel like we're scared to invite the Holy Spirit into our ministries, into our lives, into our situations, into whatever, because at some point we started to believe that the Holy Spirit brings chaos or it's going to get like crazy or whatever. Now, disclaimer, it might get crazy, <laughs> but, but like, um, it, we see this, right? The spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What were the, like the Holy Spirit was hovering over the chaos Mm -hmm. and the darkness the void. that was the void that whatever is the opposite of order whatever is the opposite of creation is what the holy spirit was hovering over and so it's as if the mm -hmm. holy spirit was waiting there for the sound of the father's voice 
let there be whatever it is over the next seven days mm-hmm. and like Right, and that's why we say, "Come, Creator Spirit." He has that since the very. <laughs> wait, were you about to say <laughs> that? About to go for it. <laughs> that's why we say, "Come, Creator Spirit," because our first—it's so beautiful. It's so be- our first revelation of the Holy Spirit of God. Our first, the beginning of our relationship with Him was that He creates. And so, my suggestion, honestly, to reverse that mindset is: when things are falling apart in your life, call the Holy Spirit. If there, if yeah, it's there clear that there's chaos in your relationships, in your job, in your discernment, in your vocation, whatever it is, ask the Holy Spirit. He's so good at bringing order where there's chaos. He's so good at bringing peace where there's anxiety. He's so good at bringing structure where it seems like everything's falling apart. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I just, I just wonder sometimes like we're not pulling this out of our butts. <laughs> like, 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 like we have tradition, right? That no, this handed is... this on to us. Like, this is the it's, it's a deposit. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God to His people. Gift, and it's. I just, I just wonder. Does our church trust what the church says? Ooh, like, do the I, people trust? Do we trust? What? Do, like, yeah. Do we hear the creed, and do we just half-heartedly say, "I believe you are the Lord and the Giver of, of life. life," and it's like. Do you believe that? Well, if- I've actually never realized that. Hold on. So it says in the scriptures, it, or so not in the scriptures, it does it say in the creed, like, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Yes. I've always skipped over the Lord part because I always associate yeah. Lord with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I believe in the Lord and the giver of life. And that the come creator wow. spirit prayer, the come creator spirit, like it takes you through like the order of creation. And it's like, like, do you trust that the spirit of God is directing. Do you trust that the wind blowing, even though we don't know where it comes from or where it's going, do we trust that it's good? Do we trust that it's going in the right direction that it needs to go in? Cause he's the Lord. It really are. Our, our I'm th- like really shook right now. <laughs> our mistrust in the Holy spirit is just a reflection of our mistrust in the Lord. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. So, I, I mean with that, I mean, <laughs> With that understanding, right? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. It makes me remember this time that I was with some friends um, in my studies. And this was a personal kind of season that I was in of realizing that the Holy Spirit is God. I mean, you can go your whole life knowing the Trinitarian theology, right? Mm -hmm. One God, three persons. But when you start to use that language interiorly in your prayer life, externally, like, the Holy Spirit is God. It rubbed me the wrong way and it was really uncomfortable. And then when I vocalized it, it made the people around me <laughs> uncomfortable. And I would say borderline offended. Like, I think that shows you where we're at. But it's not, you know, to recognize the discomfort and the offense is not the end game, right? Why is that there? And so I took time to pray and try to unpack that. Like, why is that there? Why is that uncomfortable for me? Why is that uncomfortable for others? And I think it's because, I, this is my theory, I think it's because someplace deep down, we think that by saying that, we make the Father and the Son insecure. But that's not true, right? Um, that At some point, it, it's like by saying that, we affect the divinity yeah. of the Son. 
and of the Father, but that's just not true. Like by saying the Holy Spirit is God, we don't make the Father insecure. By saying the Holy Spirit is God, we don't make the Son insecure. They love the Holy Spirit. It was their joy to give him as gift when Jesus ascended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just, it's it's odd because we don't get, we don't get, bothered or offended when we say jesus is god right it doesn't make the father insecure we don't get weirded out when we say that the father is god it doesn't make jesus insecure or the holy spirit insecure they <laughs> they are fully secure in each other's divinity and in and and in um their sovereignty and and their holiness um and and in their power and i i just love that the holy spirit is god i just think if we're using a language separate from jesus where he i have it open right here where he says it is to your advantage that i leave to send the spirit and that's crazy to think like, about he said jesus said that like it is to your advantage that i go so i can send you the helper right it's like like the word advantage like it implies that like this is better i promise i right. promise this is better like trust me um, and it's he, hard to like to disciples who were who are sad in their hearts because they know he's about to ascend he's like i, I know you're sad but I promise this will be good. You're going to love this. And if Peter knew that 3,000 people are going to be baptized because of this helper, gosh, like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> He'd have been like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> that is so crazy. I love that. This is so beautiful. You know, when you just retap into the things that you might have been given your whole life, right? If you were born and raised in this thing, the church, um, <laughs> you can have, I mean, we, we have the treasury of the deposit of faith the scriptures, mm-hmm. catechism, all these documents and stuff. And you can just like take it all so much for granted. But I mean, even just pulling apart like the creed, right? Um, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son. Yep. Bro, sit on that for the entirety of your yep. life and you'll be good to go. Um, but just so much of it. Um, and I even, I love, I mean, within the Trinitarian theology, we're getting really nerdy right now, but I'm not going to apologize for this. Um, beautiful one God in three persons. I've recently been sitting on that language person because mother church does not throw out language lightly. If you've taken time to really unpack Catholic teaching, she does not use words lightly. She chooses them very specifically, right? One God, three persons. When we talk about the word person, I'm just very passionate about this. As as someone that loves the charismatic, as someone that's been in the charismatic and then continues to be, I feel like there's times that I've been in circles or in events or things like that where I feel like we need to remember that revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person. Mm-hmm. He's not anything to be used Right. And it's normal for us to think and recognize, okay, like we don't use people, right? A person right in front of me or to my left or to my right. But I think sometimes we need to remember that and apply that to the Holy Spirit because we can just become so familiar with him that if we're not careful, we can slip into trying to use the Holy Spirit for miracles, use the Holy Spirit for gifts, use the Holy Spirit for charisms or whatever it is for a conference for an event and no one is thinking this that's very malicious no one is ever thinking that right but it's just i think it says something 
about where we're at. He's a person and wants to be treated like a person and wants to be spoken with like a person, wants time alone with you yeah. like Jesus and like mm-hmm. the Father. The Holy Spirit wants to know you and the Holy Spirit wants you to know him. Um, and that's just something I think about in, in, in conjunction with that even too, right? You can hear it sometimes in our prayers and our songs. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> when Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave the fullness of the Holy Spirit to us. When he died on Calvary, there was lots of ramifications to that. One of them obviously being salvation, right? The new covenant. But another being that you could be a living tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. There's not a portion of the Holy yep. Spirit in you. There is not an amount of the Holy Spirit in you. When you were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you became a living tabernacle. You were submerged in all three of them. <laughs> all three of them. And so, like, to say that, you know, I want more of you, Holy Spirit, says that somewhere within our language, within our thinking, we do sometimes treat him like a substance that you can get more of that you can get more of a portion of. I was like, no, he is a person that lives and dwells inside of you. Mm-hmm. That's altogether different. And, and Jesus said, like, whosoever believes in me will have rivers of living water flowing out of their hearts. There's a, if we want to get more, like, dramatic offensive, there's a, there's a quote by, um, he's not a saint in the Western church. He's a saint in the Eastern church. He lived in the 10th century. So, so before the schism, um, he was a monk in, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, St. Cyprian. Oh, the, yeah. No, sorry, St. Simeon, okay. the new theologian. Um, he was the, I think he was the last canonized saint by the, by the Eastern Church. Um, he said the words, um, I, I think I have to summarize it really, but he's like, if you do not encounter a tangible presence of God when you are praying, you are making Christ a liar when he said the words that whosoever believes in me will have rivers of living water flowing out of their hearts. Like, wow. like if the Holy Spirit makes Christ real, yeah. the Holy Spirit yeah. uh, makes Christ available to you. Yeah. <laughs> are we making Christ a liar? Right. You know, um, I just, I just think, We've asked that reason. I love that. Laying emphasis into the Holy Spirit's reality in our lives. Wow. And I, and I get, I get it. I get it that, that we can, we can really, uh, fall into this place of, of things that we've seen in the charismatic renewal. Oh yeah. And start to mistrust all of these things. I think that we have the wrong idea of who Holy Spirit is, um, because of the way people have responded and lived it out. Yeah. Um, but Honestly, it's it. We have a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. He's a person, right? Like if if he's a person, we should treat him like a person, right? Right. So I would I would agree that, and and I would say that like a, a manifestation of the mm-hmm. Lord, a manifestation right. of the Spirit, right, doesn't always have to look like something really dramatic, right? But but you're looking at the fruits of the Spirit. You're looking at right. joy. You're looking at peace, self control. Yep. You're looking at. Um, Gentleness, generosity, you know, kindness, love. It like honestly, like Paul said the words that like if you don't have love, you're just a clanging symbol. Exactly. And it, it's 
that's all Holy Spirit does is he just increases our ability to love right. by making us more like Christ. Right. And how do we become more like Christ? By mm. looking at him. How do we see him? The Holy Spirit has to reveal him to us. Yeah. Um, it, it's not about being, it's not about using the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's about saying, I want to love you. I want to love Jesus in the sacred heart that bled for me. Yeah. And I want to, I want to mean it. I want to know that his blood was shed and I want to feel that pain and I want to be with him and, and have compassion to suffer with him mm. in that, 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 because we can't be co-redeemers unless we are with him in the crucifixion. Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit who reveals, he witnesses to us in our, in our souls. Yeah. What he did for us. Wow. And helps us fall in love with him. He communicates mm. his love for us. That's that's the, that's the advantage. If I go and I send the Spirit, right, my love will be communicated to you in a way that is inside of you and not just me in front of you. Right. So I want to ask you something, Mark. Okay. Um, as we wrap up here, we'll do this thing. Give us a locust and a honey, okay. right? A locust being maybe a harder thing to receive, right? And then a honey being a sweet thing to receive. Um, before anyone who's listening, before the body of Christ, like what is a locust and honey that you feel like we need regarding the Holy Spirit? I was giving a, uh, I was with a bunch of confort, confirmandies, a bunch of people, yeah. a bunch of students preparing for the sacrament of confirmation. And, uh, and I looked at them and I said, now, I'm going to try and say this as gently as possible, but I'm warning you. They're eighth graders. I'm warning you. I'm going to get really direct, and it Come might on. sound harsh. Jesus did not do what he did. He did not take five wounds. He did not take 39 lashes, and one more would have killed him. He didn't um, take, with that exposed back because of the lashes, a 300-pound cross up a mountain and die just so that you could get the sacrament and call it a day. Mm. We've had so many popes in the time of persecution, not, not like in the modern day, because we can be comfortable now. Oh yeah. Um, but we've had so many popes in the time of persecution, which I think just gives them so much more credit to say anything about this, that say that you cannot live the Christian life and think about the life they live. Yeah. They're being killed. Oh yeah. You cannot live the Christian life, which is synonymous with just being killed at this point without the baptism of the spirit, without the Holy Spirit present in your life every day. Wow. So that's the locust. It's that's a hard good. truth. No, that's you really don't good. have an option. Oof. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can make you not even make you, but bring you into the fullness of the Christian yeah, life. That's really good. That is power, freedom, and the Lordship of Jesus. Yeah. The honey. We, he's here. Mm. It's possible. Yeah. The Christian life is doable. Yeah. But not because of you, because of what Christ did for you. And and you you can you can take a step out in faith. Mm -hmm. You can you can you can be obedient yeah. because His grace is abounding. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's so good. That's amazing. Regardless of when you're listening to this podcast, I know that we're recording this just as Pentecost weekend is unfolding and the body of Christ all around the world is beginning to celebrate and honor the Holy Spirit. 
Um, I just want to invite you to take all that you've listened to, anything that might have added value to your discipleship with Christ, and try to apply it. Um, if, if you're listening to this and you... You, you know, you want to step deeper into your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You want to know him more and let him know you more. Um, I just want to give you a few things that um, you can begin to do yourself so that you can step into that. Um, the first one being um, start to talk to him like a person, right? We were talking about that. He is a person, not a substance, not this amorphous uh, force of nature, right? He is a person, um, and, uh, to begin engaging in conversations with him in prayer like that, like you do with the father, like you do with Jesus, like you, like you do with saints that you know and love. Um, and I think that's going to bear a lot of fruit for you, um, to start to pay attention to the fruits, right? Mm-hmm, you can find definitely. them, you can look them up online. You can find them in church documents, peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, generosity, pay attention to those where they are in your life and maybe where they're not. And begin to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to produce produce the fruits that you're not seeing in your life. Um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, yeah, focus on those, learn those, pray and ask them from the Holy Spirit because they're what? They're gifts and they're given by Him. Um, and then lastly, um, if you want to get to know Him more as a person, there's one person that knows Him really well because she is His spouse, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, Mary. And the reason that I say or invite you to engage with Mary in prayer regarding growing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit is because there's, you know, this woman knows the fatherhood of the Father, Mm -hmm. the Lordship of the Son, the Sonship of the Son, and the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. Unlike any other human being that ever has does or will walk the face of the earth, right? And and in going back to what we're talking about, the personhood of the Holy Spirit, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit as a person, she knows what it is to engage with him in that way. And I just, I already know, like, I hesitate to bring that up sometimes, um, not not because of cowardice or, or shame or anything like that regarding Mary, but because the unfortunate reality is, is sometimes when the mother of God is brought up, people tune out so quickly right? Oh, you Catholics, right? Da, 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 da. Like, you name it, <laughs> fill in blank. But the reality is, is we know this to be true on this side of eternity too, right? If I didn't know a lot about plumbing and Mark knew a lot about plumbing, I would go to Mark because he has most experience with plumbing to exactly <laughs> <laughs> to, to engage in plumbing work, right? So it is, it's quite logical right? This woman only was able to be the mother of God, right? Was only able to, to bring the word incarnate into this world by receiving the Holy Spirit. And as we go into this weekend, Pentecost weekend, or whether, or whenever you're listening to this and you're like, I need to know how to receive. Yeah. Go to the one that received him well as a person and then produced the most perfect and first fruit, which is (laughs) <laughs> the word of God taking on flesh yes. and ligaments and bones and an eye color, right? Um, so not only is she really good at teaching us how to receive the Holy Spirit, but how to house the Holy Spirit as a tabernacle, right? And then how to produce fruit yeah. by the Holy Spirit and bringing Jesus into the world in our own way, right? Um, so I want to invite you into that. 
as, as we move forward. But thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Locust and Honey, where we got to talk about the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. So I feel like we'll probably do another episode on, on the Holy Spirit. But thank you so much for coming, Mark. For sure. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time.